And welcome to the Shepherding Talk podcast. This is Aaron Kempel. Glad to have you with us. Today's podcast is a sermon that I presented on being exiled from the Garden of Eden and the connection to biblical manhood. The title of it is He Drove Out the Man. I'm your guest preacher today. My name is Aaron Kempel. It's good to be back. Miss you all. I'm glad to... to, have spent that time with the grandbaby and uh, glad to be back here with you and looking forward to this time together. Appreciate those songs so much, Ryan. We are exiles in Babylon. That's the theme of the month, as you have uh, been told, as we have started that last week so well. Uh, Tim Jennings did such a great job, didn't he? Wonderful job uh, introducing this concept. Exiles in Babylon. We are living in one place, but our hearts and our homeland is in another. I hope that's the case for you. We're living here in America 2022, but our hearts should be with a heavenly city. A home built without hands whose builder and maker is God. That is our home. That is our country. We are exiles, strangers, foreigners. But our home is in heaven. And so we are going to be talking about that this month in a number of different ways. The outline is available for you in the back if you have not already picked that up. One of the things that... I've been thinking about because I've been preparing a lesson to do on biblical manhood that I'll be presenting in the woodlands in November. And so I was thinking about this. Well, wait a minute. Let's think about this idea of exiles. Why were we exiled in the first place? What created the scenario and the situation in which we are exiled? That's not how God designed it. How did this situation begin in the first place? where we are living in one place, but our homeland's another. Well, it starts in the Garden of Eden, doesn't it? So we come to Genesis chapter 3. If you'll turn there, please. Genesis chapter 3. The title of the lesson is, He Drove Out the Man. Why were we exiles in the first place? What we will learn as we go through this uh, study is that the reason that we're exiled in the first place is because of the first man who failed to be a man. And every man since then has fallen suit, followed suit, along with the first Adam. And as Gary said so well at the beginning, We're going to try to follow the last Adam, Jesus Christ, and not the first Adam. And that's what we'll be talking about. Genesis chapter 3, the the title for the lesson comes from this passage. Therefore, the Lord God sent him, Adam, from the garden. He placed him in the garden. Now he is exiled out of the garden. He sent him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He has become farther away from God and closer to the ground from which he is taken. He drove out the man. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned everywhere to do what? 
to guard the way to the tree of life. Remember that word. Because what we see here is that God placed an angel, cherubim, to guard the garden to protect it from man. And what you'll see as we get into Genesis chapter 2, that very word guard, as you can see on the screen, the very word guard is what God put man to do in the first place. The very reason, the very purpose for which man was created, he failed. And now we're exiled. And the things that we're going to see in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 are the things that explain America 2022. So we're going to talk about biblical manhood. What was man's original purpose? And this will apply to you whether or not you're married, whether or not you have kids, whether you're 15 or 95. What was man's original purpose? I see that he gave man work to do, commands to keep, and a responsibility to stand and defend the garden, to listen to God first. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2. God created man. We'll be in Genesis 2 in a moment. Verse 15, realize that God created man and woman. In his image, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Right? Genesis 1, if you're not familiar with that, that's in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. He created man and woman in his own image. But he created man, and before he's even created the woman, he creates man, Genesis 2, verse 15, and he puts him in the garden. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him where? In the Garden of Eden to work and keep it. Keep is guard. Same word in Genesis chapter 3. What the angel was put there by God to do was what man was originally there to do. Guard and protect the garden. Stand on the word of God. Lead. Defend. He was there to work. Man has been created to work. I am not saying women shouldn't. That's not what I'm, the, the whole goal of this is not that. But I, I said this when I talked about that lesson uh, on, on Roe versus Wade a while back. How many of our society's ills would be solved if we just went back to the first few chapters of Genesis? We'd solve a lot, wouldn't we? God created a man to work. Has that changed? Paul says if a man will not work, has God changed? God put him in the garden to work. Does that matter whether you're single or married or 15? No. God created you to work. But he also created you to guard. And what we need are protectors and guardians and defenders. That's biblical manhood. Biblical manhood is not muscles. It's not being stoic and having no emotions. 
It's not conquering in the bedroom or the boardroom. It's doing this. It's defending what God has placed you to defend and guard. It's to work under his leadership. That's what God created man to do. The first man was to be a protector and a guardian. Second thing, he was to keep God's word. Does that apply whether you're single or you're married or you're 15 or 95? What do we need in America 2022 is the same thing we needed in the Garden of Eden. For men to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You don't have to be married to say that. As for me and my circle, as for me and whoever I can influence, we are going to do what God says. Keep God's word. Verse 16 and 17, the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat it. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely, you shall surely die. Here's what I want you to do, Adam. I want you to choose me over the knowledge of good and evil. I want you to choose me over anything else. I want you to choose me, but I'm going to give you the choice. I want you to choose me. And then he says, it's not good for man to be alone right after that. And he created a woman, a suitable helper for him. Why? So that she could sweep the garden? No. So she could help him follow God. Did she drop the ball? What happens when we're in the, when, when we're in the garden now the devil enters? You see, they're, they're following God. They're naked and they're not ashamed. There's no fear. There's no hiding. There's no excuses. There's no sin. There's no shame. There's death. Nothing. They're in fellowship with God. And now the devil enters as God allows it because he's going to give you a choice. I'm allow you to choose. So he allows the devil to enter the garden. Who's supposed to protect the garden? Where'd the devil go? Don't be offended by that. He deceived the woman. And I want you to notice what happened in verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Remember, she was created to be a helper suitable. Help him obey God. What did she do? She gave to her husband who was with her and he ate. Did she drop the ball? Yes. But I want you to notice how the Holy Spirit describes what happened there. She gave to her husband who was with her. And he ate. He wasn't deceived. He knew exactly what God said and he did the opposite. He's listening to someone other than God. We're going to get more details on that in chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 17. But to Adam, he said, because... Now, by the way, don't take... No one go home and say, Aaron said we don't have to listen to our wives. I'll be saying next week, welcome to McDonald's. May I help you? Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, sorry. 
Genesis 3:17 and to Adam he said because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you you shall not eat cursed is the ground because of you, because of you and pain you shall eat it, eat of it all the days of your life Adam I put you in the garden to follow my commands, to defend and guard and keep the garden and stand on the word of God and to communicate that to others. That is distinctly male. And I'm not being a chauvinist by saying that. In the, in the Bible story, where does God squarely place the, blame, uh, the, the responsibility of commanding the sons and grandsons? The father's. Will that change America 2022? If every man, single or male, 15 or 95 will stand up and say, we're going to do what God says. We'll change if men will be men. Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have not listened to me. This is the response. This is the result. This is the consequence. Of course, we're to listen to our wives. First Peter 3 says, if we don't do that, he won't hear our prayers. But we primarily and first and foremost, listen to God. We have to stand on what God says. Adam was supposed to do that, and he didn't. And so he drove out the man. What was the result of man failing to lead? And I'm just going to put these up here on the, on the screen. They're on the outline, so you don't have to copy these down. What's the, res what's the result? And you read Genesis chapter 3. You have fear. I was afraid. Where did that come from? Sin is where it came from. I hid myself. They were in perfect fellowship with God. Where did that come from? Man failing to guard the garden and kick, kick Satan out and say, get out of here. Excuses, cover-ups, broken relationships. And I want to connect these because I want you to notice what Adam did. You want to be a man? Admit when you're wrong. Amen? Yes, it applies to women too. No one get all, all that. You want to be a man? The first man wasn't. God came to the man and says, what have you done? Have you, have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? What's his response in verse 12? The man says, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the fruit and I ate. Now, who did he blame in one sentence? God and the woman. Now, he has just alienated himself from the two most important people in his life because he won't take accountability for his own actions. What's going to change America 2022? What's going to change every home? 
What will change the church? What will change the workplace? When I stand before God and says, I have sinned. I have acted corruptly. I have done wrong. It's nobody else's fault but mine. I take 100% ownership of my failings. That's, that is the kind of man God wants you to be. If you can't admit, you want to destroy intimacy in a marriage, fail to admit when you're wrong. You want to destroy intimacy with God, fail to admit when you're wrong. King Saul did it all the time. And the spirit of the Lord departed from him. Those are the consequences, as you can see on the screen. That's the consequences, the result. But thankfully, that's not where God left us. He's calling us home. He's calling us to restoration. He's calling us to hope. He's giving us access to this homeland, this heavenly city. He's also giving us the ability to change what's going on with us right now, even before we get to heaven. How did Jesus come to restore what Adam destroyed? The Bible calls him the last Adam in contrast to the first Adam. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, which is on the screen. Thus it is written, the first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. In the context, he's talking about the resurrection and he's talking about Jesus and what he did through the resurrection. He came to give life. The first man existed. But I want to make an argument from Scripture that that's not how God originally created that man to exist. He was to be a, be a life-giving spirit as well. Because I want you to notice that through Jesus, Jesus has come so that through us, life will be given. Life comes out of us. I want to demonstrate that with Scripture. Turn with me to John chapter 4. And this is not just for men, this part. Because Jesus is talking to a woman by a well in John 4. This woman, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, you may have heard of her, you may not have. But in John 4, there's this woman. She has had multiple marriages, multiple men, been, been from marriage to marriage to marriage to marriage to marriage. And now she's with a man who's not her husband. Jesus came to show her a real man. And he came to show her salvation. Jesus said to her, as they're by Jacob's well, Whoever drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. This water that I give him, notice, what does the text say? Will become in him, what? A spring of water welling up into eternal life. What's coming out of us is life. What should have come out from the beginning was life. Death came through sin. Read Romans 5. By one man, sin entered the world. By one man, by one man. Just look at how many times Paul says that in Romans 5. One man, because of sin, brought death to the garden. He was supposed to bring life to the garden. That's what we were created for. God's people right now are to be giving life to the world. And we do that through God working in us, through Jesus. We need those men and, yes, women today. John chapter 7 is another example. At the end of a feast, 
I've heard it explained that maybe the priests are going to the water to gather water to take uh, as part of the ceremony. And Jesus is standing there on the last great day of the feast, the great day Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will what? Flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Spirit, whom those who had believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified, died and risen from the dead. What's God trying to do for us? Make us into fountains of living water. I want to ask you, and I'm going to talk specifically to men, what well are you drinking from? right now. You can't be a fountain of living water if you're drinking from the well of porn. You can't be a fountain of living water if you're drinking from the, the desire to be approved by man. to have the money and the success to dunk a basketball. Who cares? What well are you drinking from? If you're drinking from the wrong well, are you ready to repent? Are you ready to come home? What's the first question that God asks in the Bible? Very first question that God ever asked in the Bible is, where are you? Where am I? Notice he says he called to the man. He called to the man. Where are you? What's he calling today in America 22 right now in Beaumont? Where are you? Men, where are you? He's not asking the question because he needs the information, is he? He's asking the question for revelation because it's going to reveal your heart. How you answer this will expose the heart. Where are you? Where is your relationship with God right now? Are you the protector? Are you the defender? Are you standing on the word of God? Are you drinking from the well of the water of, of Jesus? If you're coming from a different source, that has to change. We can, we can talk about elections and we can talk about inflation and economy. We can talk about this party, that party, this person, that person. But if men don't stand up to be the men God created them to be, we won't change one thing about America. We won't change one thing about your family. Are you willing to come to the fountain of living waters to be renewed and restored? Pure biblical manhood is not that you never cry. It's not that you can beat everybody up. It's not, again, all these other things that, you, that somehow people use to define manhood. Are you going to live up to the purpose for which God created you? That's your decision. But it's a decision for everyone today right now.
If you are not drinking from the waters of living, of life from Jesus, do it right now. Come to the well. Come to the fountain. If you have not yet been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, let's get that done today so you can start your relationship with Jesus. If you haven't been living as, as, as God wants you to live and you've been living a corrupt life and you've been like the first Adam, it's time to repent today. It's time to make a different decision and choose a new walk. Let's make that right. Come forward while we stand and sing. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at Aaron, that's A-A-Ron, at shepherdingtalk.com. Thank you very much and have a great day.